Don't get caught in a web of confusion. Learn the ropes on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Stand by for the hook. Welcome to The Hook with Katie Kempner, Vice President of Agency Communications at Crispin Porter & Bogusky, the most awarded advertising agency in the world. Every Tuesday at the intersection of advertising and PR, The Hook, where Katie talks with advertising visionaries, top journalists, cutting-edge creatives, authors, and PR gurus. Hear what these industry insiders have to say about the changing landscape of advertising and PR today. Now here's your host, Katie Kempner. Hello, I'm Katie Kempner. Today is Tuesday, March 27th, and you are listening to The Hook, where each week I talk to advertising, branding, and public relations insiders who are both leading and covering the industry. Hopefully, by listening to these thought leaders, you will find inspiration and new ideas and have some fun along the way. So, from some of my conversations with guests, you may have realized that I'm not nearly as web savvy as I would like to be, which may be somewhat ironic considering that this is an internet radio show, but one of the things I spend a lot of time thinking about as a PR person is how I can get more fluent in the internet and looking at industry websites and blogs in particular and how it affects what I do and what people in this industry do. I mean, the sheer speed that something gets out and online has changed in so many ways the very essence of the rules of PR. So I thought I should go straight to a very good source for some advice, and today my guest is Steve Hall, self-proclaimed multidisciplinary agency practitioner who has done time in media, account management, and new business, among other things. He's worked at Leo Burnett, Starcom, MediaVest, Black Sheep Marketing, and Bozell, where he managed budgets for both consumer and business-to-business clients, including Reebok, Berry Top Cider, Monster.com, Tyco, Marriott Hotels, and my favorite, Marshmallow Fluff. So Steve has written about and spoken for industry associations such as advertising's, he's spoken about uh, advertising's role in consumer-controlled media, the integration of public relations and advertising, the future convergence of media, and the decline of traditional media. He is co-founder of Marketing Vox, which is an online marketing publication and co-founder and publisher of the ad tech industry trade show weblog. Wow, Steve, welcome. Well, it's glad to be here, Katie. Thanks. <laughs> well, you know, it occurred to me that this is actually, my grandfather used to say that when you have a, a moment when you do something different, you should say shikianu. And, and this is kind of a shikianu moment, which I don't even know if that's a word, actually, but because I have never had a guest on that I don't know before. <laughs> well, it was the first for everything, I suppose. Somebody else had to say, somebody else made up that saying as well. There you go. <laughs> so. Yeah. So let's just jump in right now and talk a little bit about AdRance. How did it start? Uh, it started in March of 2002 during a period of unemployment. You know, I was coming out of the dot-com craziness and had been laid off from one of the many versions of Leo Burnett jobs I had at the time. And uh, right around then, well, actually more in 99, but, you know, in 2002, blogging had sort of come a little bit above the under-the-radar um, um, a position that it was in, and uh, you know, I had just heard about it. I had heard about Blogger.com, and I started a blog really to just keep myself in touch with the industry. In other words, reading newsletters and uh, and trolling forums, and then perhaps writing about my feelings and my opinions uh, about advertising and the 
you know, blogging gave me a place to do that. And never in a million years that I think it would actually turn into a business. And I didn't have any intention of doing that. You know, I even went back to work for other agencies for another year or two before I actually made Adrian's a business. But to start, it was really just a hobby. That's amazing. And now what is it about? What is AdRance really at its essence about? Well, it covers the advertising industry in general, marketing and advertising. Um, gets into the PR side a little bit, but more so on the advertising side, mostly because that's what my background was. And, uh, you know, it, I, it aims to take a little bit of a different view um, about advertising, I was on the agency side of the business for about 20 years. So, you know, I'm one of those persons or, you know, people you can look at and sort of say, oh, well, you know, he's, he's tired and old and, you know, no wonder he's not working anymore. Or you can look at it and say, well, you know, hey, this guy has been doing it for a long time. And so maybe there's some value in what he has to say. And I've always liked to think that, you know, because I've done it, Mm-hmm. Um, I can better identify with what people in the industry are dealing with in their jobs because, you know, for the most part, it's not, you know, a lot of things have changed, but a lot of things haven't. Um, and so I can identify with what's going on in the industry. And, you know, maybe there's a closer connection that I have with my readers. Why do you think that, why, why is it important? I mean, besides that, originally, I gave, because it is important. I mean, I know many people, most people that, you know, click on AdRants every day and get your, I, ironically, I just got a little uh, AdRant, uh, up, AdRant Daily. People subscribe to that. You know, why do you think it's important? I think it's a little bit of an alternative viewpoint. Um, and I think that, and I've always said this to a certain degree, of all weblogs, that the success of weblogs, a lot of people would disagree with me on this, but the success of weblogs depends, I think, a lot on the fact that there is mainstream media because we bounce off them. You know, in a lot of cases, you know, look at, take Gawker, for example. I mean, mm-hmm. they are continuous, continuously mocking the New York Times and mocking the New York Post, uh, mocking all kinds of mainstream media. And you know, if that mainstream media weren't there, then what would we be? I mean, certainly we would have something to offer, and we do offer um, perhaps an alternative viewpoint. You know, why are people interested? Why are they reading? I I suppose it's sort of like, you know, you do want to be able to get your facts and figures and get all your straight reporting from Ad Age and Ad Week, but you also want to, you know, there's something missing there sometimes. Like, you're reading an article and you're going, now, you know this person would have written something differently if they had the freedom to do so. (laughs) And... You know, or they would disagree, or they would, or they would swear, or they would write some off-color joke, which you can't really do in mainstream media. And, and I don't fault that. I mean, you you do need that control, and you do need that organization and that structure. And perhaps because of that structure, the little sort of maybe less structured approach that I take uh, resonates with readers. I mean, that's that's perhaps one explanation. So, for example, my address daily um, that I just got says, uh, let's see, one word answers why more men than women watch online video. Oh, and I bet I know what that word is. <laughs> Could it possibly be porn, well, Steve? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, you know, a lot of, and, and that's, I'm glad you picked that story up because a lot of times I will read stories or studies and there's so much useless research done, really, to benefit, I, I don't know, the research companies, really, because the answer's known. Of course, 
and anyone in research knows that anyway, you already know the answer. You just have to do the study to validate it. But in a lot of cases, you know, it's just kind of funny, you know, where you see a study and you see that there are more women than men online, 97 million women, 90 million men, and yet more men, I think the figure was 78,000, are watching online video compared to women, I think the figure was 70 million. Because we're shopping, is that it? What's that? I said because women are shopping, or what are they doing online? They're chatting. Well, I, I think it was said that they watch more TV was one of the official explanations that was given as to why they perhaps don't have time to watch a lot of online video. But I'm just sort of like, come on. I mean, forget all of this. Guys are watching porn online. And, you know, they're not going to report that in a study because it's embarrassing. No one's going to admit to it. And so it gets completely ignored. Now, of course, you know, who knows? This, <laughs> I could just be talking out of another orifice right now. But, you know, I mean, that was my immediate take on that. It's, come on, you're making a big deal out of nothing. But so now that's funny that you can just, you know, make that be your lead story of the day and, you know, get away with it, which I suppose is one of the, I mean, that's definitely one of the reasons that people, you know, are, are interested in what you, what you have on your site. But you also do have, you know, more mainstream news. And I'm wondering, how do you get that news? Oh, it comes from all kinds of sources. I mean, it comes from the traditional channels of public of, of press releases. I get plenty of those. I didn't at first because, of course, I was new and no one heard of me, and they figured, oh, this is just some lame-ass blog. No one's reading it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I get all kinds of press releases. I subscribe to all manner of industry newsletters, um, to RSS feeds of whatever media that I think is relevant, Tips come in from people who work in the industry or are covering the industry. So there's, you know, there's probably five or six different channels that the information comes in. I, I wouldn't imagine it's all that different, really, than you know how someone at that age maybe gets their um, gets their input as well. Um, I mean, there's one thing that that age does that I don't, and admittedly, you know, they, you know, and then it becomes the big. Uh, debate on what exactly is the definition of journalism. You know, I don't do a lot of interview stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, more of it is really uh, opinion-based and sort of reactionary in nature to what I see going on in the industry. And, uh, you know, if I were in the, if I woke up one day in the advertising industry and all there was was ad rants, I'd be sad because, you know, it wouldn't be complete coverage of the industry. Right. You know, but I'm filling, I'm filling a niche that apparently needs to be filled because a lot of people come to the site, a lot of people sign up for the newsletter, and it keeps growing. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that those people are mostly in the ad business? I mean, is this sort of just insider baseball for the most part, or do you think other people in other fields are, are, are you know, I was going to say tuning in, that's not right, are logging <laughs> on as well? They do. They, people come from all, uh, you know, all areas. I mean, yes, it's primarily... Uh, because it's, you know, it, it, one definition of ad rants, of course, is, a, you know, it's a business-to-business online magazine about advertising. So, of course, people mm-hmm. working in advertising are going to read it. But, you know, thanks to the wonders of Google, people come in from all kinds of places. And, and you know, we'll, we'll be doing search terms and end up on my site and have absolutely no interest in advertising but a particular article that I might have written um, be, you know, became well read and well talked about. I mean, I, I had done this article once about what at one point was thought to be like a fake disease that was created um, as part of a promotion for um, though that Winona Ryder movie where they're they look like they're a cartoon. I didn't see the movie. I can't remember what it's called. Um, 
the disease was Morgellons disease. And this is like a disease where nobody quite knows where bugs or strings crawl out of your skin. It's really very gross. And apparently a lot of people have this disease. And at the time, it wasn't really recognized by this, the Centers of Disease Control. And I actually ended up calling the Centers of Disease Control and saying, you know, what is this all about? Do you guys know about it? And, you know, at, right at that point, they had started looking at it. So for about a month, I was involved in this story that had absolutely nothing to do with advertising. That's um, kind of cool. I mean, purely out of curiosity, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, you're thinking, man, I don't want to get this, you know? <laughs> What's the story here? Um, and that still does pop up from time to time. But um, for the most part, to answer your question, yes, I mean, people who work in advertising are the ones who are reading it. Um, but, uh, you know, like any, I suppose, magazine in a doctor's office, you're going to have someone pick it up that really isn't your target. Yeah. You know, I saw um, something like a little, um, ent- what do you call them, entries, items? Well, the, the word that, uh, to, to describe uh, the editorial thing that falls under the headline in a blog is a post. A post. Um, so, you know, if you post about this, I mean, I like to call them pieces or articles because you say post and, you know, which just gets in a whole other subject about when you define something of, uh, uh, as, as a blog, it, becomes, it, it comes with a baggage um, because yeah. in a lot of cases people think of a blog as, you know, it hasn't really graduated from the diary of a high school girl. So um, in many cases, you know, people hear the word blog and they think, oh, it's unimportant. It's just some random dude's opinion, which might be true. But um, I like to think AdRance is a little bit more than that. Well, I think it, I mean, it definitely resonates with it. It's your opinion, but it definitely resonates within the advertising industry. And I wanted to ask you something that I was, so, so this post, it says, uh, read blogs, update social networking profile, advertise, tell a lie, drink, brainstorm, advertise. That's what the advertising industry does all day. Alex Bogusky, my boss, says that advertising is a very self, self loathing industry. I can't uh-huh. say it, self loathing. But do you agree? Loving to hate ourselves, I, uh, yeah. I, 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 I almost would, would disagree and say it's different. We love to love ourselves. I mean, we can't help but talk about ourselves and how great we are and how we're so in tune with, with culture and, 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 you know, we're so hip and everything we say is cool. And, and yet, you know, the reality of that is no. I mean, we, we're hip and cool in one particular segment, but we're completely oblivious to the other 80% of Americans who don't have anything to do with us. Um, but self-loathing, in one respect, yeah, because we do love to hate ourselves because we're sort of like, oh, my God, we, we sell all this crap and nobody needs it and it's so unimportant and there's world hunger and, and why are we even doing this? Because it's, it's irrelevant, you know, yeah. getting people to buy stuff they don't need or want. Well, one of the things that I like about Adrance especially is that it does the, I mean, if you look at trade, the trade magazines that cover this industry, and I don't really know if this is the case in other industries. I mean, for some of our clients, I read some of their industry trades sometimes, and it doesn't seem to be the case. But it seems to be the case that in this industry, trade magazines love to just knock down everything. I mean, everything is wrong. Everything is bad with the industry. And, you know, as opposed to holding up... Maybe I'm feeling a little bitter lately, but as opposed to holding up things that are going on that are good, they way more want to concentrate on what's... And some of it, I get it, is news, but some of it I I also think is like an industry that just, you know, doesn't like itself. 
Well, I think, I don't know if this is the right word, schadenfreude or however you say that word. Uh, I mean, and it's not just advertising, but... Everybody likes to wallow in the pity of others or, or, or the, the struggles of others. And, and, you know, it's very much, it's, very, it's, it's a lot easier to be negatively critical about something than it is to be positive. And it's more fun, I mean, honestly, to tear something down than it is to build something up. And, uh, but also in the time since I've been doing this, you know, over the past five years, I've noticed a change in tone in all forms of editorial, mainstream and otherwise, and it appears as though many mainstream media writers are now writing like early bloggers did. You know, in other words, taking on a sort of snarky tone and and wise-ass sort of approach to things, and I don't know if that's just a general cultural trend. It probably is, Um, but I'm seeing it more and more, and, uh, you know, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's, that's interesting. You know, I want to ask you a lot more about blogging. Let's take a very quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about blogging and uh, a whole lot more. We'll be back right after this. Sit tight and don't move. The Hook. We'll be back after this short break. Best of the Web, the Internet's oldest directory, EOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web, finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No kidding. And don't forget the Best of the Web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions, 25% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. Gentlemen, start your engines! Okay, well, how do I get my engine started? <laughs> Is your online marketing being left at the starting gate? Don't have enough information to stay ahead of your competitors? Then visit EngineReady.com and get a free trial of our affordable enterprise class web analytics. With EngineReady, you can accurately track revenues from all online marketing campaigns, search engines, banner ads, email, and more. EngineReady strategic marketing software. See why companies of all sizes achieve exceptional online results with EngineReady, the professional standard in search marketing. Oh, maybe I should just get out and push. Faster than a speeding bullet, it's the super way to pay. It's Fast Transact. Fast Transact is the safe, secure, and fast way to process credit cards, online checks, and gift cards. Find multiple payment gateway and merchant account options to keep your costs down and sales up, up, and away. You can build your business empire in a single bound, while Fast Transact fights the never-ending battle to keep payment processing safe and secure. Your quest for an e-commerce solution has found its final destination. Fly over to FastTransact.com today. Bebop Byron here from Life Tips. Howdy. My name's Josie Wales. Ah. Well, you, I don't know if you've seen my steps then. Yeah, they're making those these days. For shakes and business executives. Woods. So I say that's for special occasions. He's got the panache. Yeah, it means flamboyance. I think for people losing their hair like I am, it's a genetic thing with me. Yeah, you're a legend in your own mind. 
cowboy hats are part of my heritage. What are you talking about? All my relatives on both sides of my family are from Texas. Well, we're not just going to let you walk out of here. Okay, let's get to it. Go ahead. Make my day. I wanted to just ask a little bit about your strategy. Smith, Wesson, and me. Run for the high hills. You can get lost out here. Go ahead. Make your day. Every Wednesday with Byron White and his trusty sidekick, Mel, on the On Live Tips. Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere, even the wild, wild west. Blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Now back to The Hook. The intersection of advertising and PR. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hi, welcome back. I'm Katie Kempner, and today we are talking to the man behind AdRAM, Steve Hall. Welcome back. Hello, Steve. Hey, hey, how's it going? That's my favorite part. I could just, you know, say, welcome back. We'll be back right after this. It feels just very professional. I don't know. But anyway, let's get on with the interview. So listen, I want to talk about blogs because you said something very funny. You said blogs come with baggage, which I totally agree with. And it's like a high school girl's journal. But a lot of companies are talking about having blogs, have blogs. I read something recently. I don't know if it was in Business Week about CEOs starting blogs. I mean, what's going on with companies and their need to try to have blogs? And does that even make any sense? Well, I think it does. And I think it just it dovetails with a bunch of things with this whole notion of conversational marketing with the consumer getting increased increased control over the you know how and when they consume media and you know the importance of their and the importance of their voice regarding a brand and i think you know forever mm-hmm. and rightly so uh brands have been very protective of themselves in um in 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 um Coming in, in, um, in, in, in coming. Okay, I'll get it here sooner or later. In developing their message and putting it forth in one particular fashion, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and it, and but but people don't really want that anymore. They actually sort of don't believe it all the time, or they 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 write it off as uh, glass tower puffery in a certain sense. And more and more, I think people want to see companies as people, or maybe they don't want to see them as people, but they are people. And I think that it's come to the point where a lot of marketing sounds fake and contrived, and people are sort of like, you know, can we just get past that? I mean, can we just get past the puffery? Can you just talk to us like human beings and instead of down to us like we're idiots, you know? And so I think the notion of, of CEOs having blogs or companies having blogs is a good thing if it's done right. I mean, you've got you had several companies who came out with fake blogs and, you know, they tried to do sort of, you know, some lame-ass ideas that really backfired completely on them. And so you have to tread carefully in this space. Um, and a lot of people don't know the space, so when they enter it, they make a lot of mistakes. But now, what's a CEO blog going to really consist of? I mean, is it going to have anything that's going to make me feel closer to the CEO of some enormous company? 
I'm not sure, but I would say yes. In certain cases, depending on how it's done, GM has a blog that's done by uh, Bob Lutz and some other top executives of GM, and that's really well read, and there's tons of comments and there's tons of conversation going on on that blog about the development of future vehicles and how the consumer is perceiving what GM is doing, and it's really, that was one of the first CEO blogs that actually came out, and it actually is one of the best. Um, but, you know, in a lot of cases, yeah, and people aren't really going to care. It just depends on the company, the brand, the product. If there's something to talk about, mm-hmm. then, yeah, um, you know, but, I mean, if you're going to have a blog about toilet paper, that may not be that good, although there were blogs about kitchen hand towels, and some of those did. Brawny, I'm thinking of Brawny, maybe, um, did quite well. But, uh, you know, it all it depends on, it really comes down to the person and the writer and what the company has to say and if there's anything to say at all. Do you think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that? I think so, and I actually hope so, because, uh, you know, the, the notion of, of the us and the them, and the we make stuff and we sell stuff, separated completely from, you know, the, the we buy stuff, and is, is changing a little bit. I don't quite know how to describe it, but it is becoming more of a conversation, more of a sort of a social thing. Um, but that's not to say that... Uh, consumers want to spend their day talking about watches and cars and toilet paper and wallpaper and stuff like that. But I think it's almost like when people see a lot of marketing and a lot of commercials, you know, they get the message, but they also sort of look at it with a little bit of a, yeah, right. You know, you're you're you're, you're bending the truth. You know, just yeah. get past this uh, marketing blather and let's just talk. You know, your product might be good, but it's probably not the first best only like you say it is every single time. <laughs> no, and I agree with you. I mean, marketing today is a conversation with consumers. You no longer can just put it out there and say, this is our brand, this is what we stand for. You say that, but then it also depends, you know, how, uh, what consumers do with your brand. And I think courageous brands understand that, you know, and they're willing to, or they put it out there and other brands aren't, aren't ready to do that. But let me ask you, sort of building on that, I mean, what what do you think because i know you what do you think about like about when companies have things that happen and people put something up on a blog that may or may not be true do they have any control of what's going on out there well there will always be a a launching point of control in other words a company is always going to stand up and say we stand for this we make this and we mean this um but that used to be where the conversation ended because there was no way for the person to react and say, oh, but wait, you're not really that, and you're not at the best at this because, you know, company B over here makes product X, which is way better than your product Y. And, of course, that's happened for years on forums, and now it's happening in blogs, and just, you know, more and more and more, everybody has another channel through which to converse or to have this conversation. Um, but... Uh, now I forgot your original question, but you know. <laughs> it's, about, it's about whether you know I do that. I do that all the time myself. No, it's about glad, whether companies have any control. If you know something's on a blog about them, if they have any control or or really what their recourse is, especially if something is up there. You know, there's been things in the past, and I guess I'll just make it more specific. Maybe that'll be easier. You know, there's been things written about Crispin Porter Bogusky that are just actually not true, and it's not somebody's opinion whether it's true or not. It's just not factual. So you know. My 
my question is always whether to try to go in on the blog and myself and say, you know, wait a second, this isn't right, this isn't true, or just sort of leave it out there. Well, I I see the point now. I mean, and the companies come at that from a number of different ways. I mean, they come back at it from the typical old school fashion where, you know, you'll get a cease and desist letter in the mail. Right. And, you know, what's this for? You know, or you'll get a polite email from someone who's understanding and said, well, I understand that you just wrote this and, you know, it's not quite true. You know, can you tell me what your line of thinking was and why did you say this? And, you know, so it opens up a conversation and then the two people can talk about what was said and what should be said. And, you know, I, as someone who's, who's, who's conveying information basically from marketers to the advertising industry, I don't want to convey falsehoods. And certainly sometimes I have and have been called on it and should be called on it. Um, but it depends on how that happens. And, you know, but you're right. I mean, a lot of times there are going to be things said about companies that just plain aren't true. And I think it's just sort of, you know, like people behave differently in business than they do if they were at a cocktail party with a bunch of friends, you know. And if a friend said something wrong, I mean, the, the corrective conversation that would follow is much different when you're talking to a friend than it is if you're talking to a company because with a company it gets all officious and you have all these layers involved and people and what it all boils down to really is, you know, two people talking to each other that can actually work the problem out. Yeah. Let's change gears a little bit and talk a little bit about ad tech. Um, I was a, a panelist last year at ad tech in, in San Francisco and I probably will never be invited back because I added basically nothing to the panel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It was one of those, you know, strange situations where I was just like, why am I even here? They don't need me. They're never letting me talk, and and I don't know if I have anything to say. So although I personally won't be invited back to ad tech, one of the things is I was shocked at how big it was. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. I think there was not 10... I think it was 10,000 people at San Francisco uh, a year ago, and San Francisco was coming up at the past New York one was maybe 9,000 or 10,000. And, yes, it's very, very big. I mean, it's the biggest online trade show out there. Um, there's others. There's OMA, Mix, uh, iMedia does a bunch of them, um, Affiliate Summit. But AdTech's sort of the big granddaddy and pulls the industry t- together as a whole. And, and Webmaster Radio actually is the official internet radio station of, uh, of ad tech, but how are you involved with them? Oh, it started a long time ago. I mean, basically, I published the ad tech weblog, which basically covers the show from an editorial perspective. And every, I mean, this is nothing new. I mean, every, every media uh, company is there, from, mm-hmm. you know, from ad age to media post. They're all doing their thing. They're all doing their reporting. Our approach was, you know, to have five or six people sit in the sessions and then immediately following the sessions uh, write up a story on what was said and, um, you know, any interpretations or opinions that might come out of that to just sort of lend some some immediacy to it. And, uh, you know, it just grew from there. I mean, it's been going, I think we've been doing that for maybe four years or so and have just become more more and more involved with them as they grow, because I guess there's about 10 shows all over the world now. There's four in the United States, but it's growing. Yeah, and, now, um, do you go to the shows? I do, yeah. I go to the three domestic shows. There'll be four this year. There's a new one in May uh, in Miami. And uh, then, of course, there's San Francisco, New York, and, and Chicago. And, yeah, I go along with four or five other people. 
and uh, it's great. You know, I go because, uh, well, several reasons, you know, the job, the writing, and also to just learn to stay in touch with the industry. And I'm actually speaking at this next one. Um, oh, really? On a panel. Yeah, I I'm hope on you a do panel. a better job than um, I did. <laughs> what are you speaking about? Can you tell us? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's about, basically about social media. It's about blogs and their role um, in social media. And um, we're just going to talk about how blogs have affected marketing, if it's a good thing, if it's a bad thing. And, um, you know, I just hope to, to, you know, answer people's questions and listen to people's concerns. I certainly don't have all the answers, but it's a hot topic. Everybody's interested in this so-called social media and, you know, conversational marketing and all these new terms that get thrown about. Uh, but how do you put them into practice? That's what we're going to try to tackle, I guess. Yeah, I, I think I'm the chairperson of the, the forays, the American Association of Advertising Agencies has a PR committee, and I, I'm the current chairperson, chairwoman. And, you know, I hear, and it, it's made up of the top people, the top, you know, heads of communications for big agencies, and people are still trying to figure out exactly what blogs mean and where they are in terms of, you know, it, it's one thing to understand that it's clear that, you know, if you want to reach a 14-year-old, you're going to have to be all over the Internet. But what does it mean, what we were talking about before, if you want to get your company message out there, how do you do that and how do you use it correctly? So it's a very interesting topic, but I want to talk to you now because uh, I'm keeping my eye on the clock. I want to talk to you about AdGabber, which came out of AdRance. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, AdGabber, sure, yeah. I mean, well, it, and that dovetails nicely off the topic of what we'll be discussing at AdTech. It's a, it's a social network, basically. Um, and it's powered by this company called Ning. And they, i got to tell you, it's so easy. I mean, they basically, it's drag-and-drop social network creation. Um, and so, I mean, without any more uh, fanfare than that. I mean, that's basically what it is. It's a social network um, where people in the advertising industry can come and do what you do on social networks. You can network, you put up your picture, your profile. There's forums, videos can be uploaded, pictures can be uploaded. Um, there's an RSS feed of AdRance News that's also on the site as well. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm pleased with it. It's, I've had it up for about a week or two, and it's growing. With, I haven't really promoted it yet. Um, in a big way. In fact, I don't even have a proper logo for it yet. But um, I just wanted to do it because, um, because well, you know, it, there's so much action that happens in the comment section of AdRance as well. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, the that conversation needs to continue. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, to be blunt, it's another revenue source for me, too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> come on, it's all about money, right? <laughs> <laughs> but now, what do you think? I mean, people that come to AdRance, it's a little more... What do you think if people are coming to AdGabber because they want to just chat with other people within the industry? I think so. I mean, it's not like it's a dating site for the ad industry, but I mean, I suppose it could be. But um, no, no, it's really just, hey, we're all in the same industry. We've all got the same problems to talk about. You know, here's a platform where we can do it. And it just makes it that much easier. Um, you know, it brings people a little bit closer to uh, or together than people reading various comments under various articles on AdRants. And just like, you know, just like, I mean, pick a social network, pick MySpace, pick Facebook, pick anything like that. And these are just industry-specific Facebooks or industry-specific MySpaces, really, where you've got a people 
you know, a group of like-minded people who have the same thing to talk about, the same interests, and this just gives them a platform to do it. You know, it's it's so amazing how how this type of social networking has just sprouted up where it wasn't. I mean, five years ago it wasn't. You, you know, my daughter, who is a very mature seven and a half, what, wrote a song with a friend of hers. My, we're very, except for me, the, everybody else in my family is very musical. Unfortunately, it skipped to me, but I like to listen. And yeah. my daughter said, you know, Mom, I think you should tape us, and then we can put it up on YouTube. Ah, see, she's way ahead of you. I know. I was like, what? You know? She's way ahead of, I, I have an eight-year-old daughter, and it's kind of the same thing. You know, they're they're just... Literally three months ago, prior to that, neither of my two kids, who are eight and ten years old, were on the internet. They had no desire, and I didn't have a desire to push them. And you know, now that they're on, it's like, oh, wait a minute, okay, wait a minute. You know, there's some rules here. <laughs> you know, net nanny, oh. net nanny. That's the that's what you yeah, have to a, look into. It's a whole new world. Yep. I mean, you take it for granted as a grown-up. You're like, there's all sorts of crap out there that you see, and you're like, but you can, you know, process that in your own mind. But for an eight-year-old, it's kind of like, ah, no, 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 no. So obviously, uh, they're not using the computer unless we're in the room. Yeah, that's probably probably a smart idea. Now, I want to ask you, 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 you were saying that about uh, different articles, and, and one of the reasons you did Ad Gabber was because you saw all the different people um, – what they're writing in about your different articles. What is, can you think off the top of your head what one or two of the articles that you wrote that were just the most, that got the most attention? This is really funny. I knew you were going to ask that question too, so I went to my server logs and looked up over the past year. (laughs) And it it always surprises me. Um, For the past two years, I did a a, a story uh, that was headlined, um, what was it? Uh, was it? It had to do with Nike. Nike likes big butts and thighs and knees. And it was about the campaign they came out with, sort of celebrated women and celebrated the fact that we're not all twiggy stick figures, we're not all thin, that kind of thing. And, you know, aside from that, there wasn't much to the story. But, I mean, man, it's just, you know, for years it's been, it's like the numbers after the homepage of the website, it's where everybody goes. And I really can't figure out why. Um, you know, there was this odd story I did about Parker Posey and Jimmy Fallon in a commercial that they were shooting in New York City, and that for some reason. Of course, anything with Paris Hilton, of course, will rise right to the top. Um, but it's just, it's just interesting to see why. And you're thinking, wait a minute, I'm an advertising industry weblog. I mean, and people are coming to the site for all these random reasons, which, uh, you know, I suppose is true of any site. But um, it's just interesting to watch. So now, what are, what are some of the things that you're most looking forward, one or two things that you're most looking forward to, to covering this year? Have you thought of anything that specifically stands out? Um, I don't know. You know, it, it sounds so trite, but, you know, and we've talked about it this, this, whole, this whole show, but, uh, but social media and how the consumer is gaining uh, more control. And it's just that things change, change. I mean, I suppose there's always change going on, but it just seems like there's so much more change going on right now, and Bob Garfield has been addressing that in his chaos um, editorials and ad age. He just came out with, a, with, a, with another one, uh, I guess it was this week, and just there's just so much going on, so much changing with television, what's going to happen to it, is it going to be here five years from now? It just fascinates me, and uh, there's really no one thing that I could really put my finger on that's, that's necessarily the big thing. There's a lot of little things going on. And, you know, it's not like TV's going to disappear. Radio didn't disappear when television uh, appeared on the landscape. 
And I don't think television in, in some form is going to disappear either. But, you know, like anything, things change and marketers are just going to have to figure out where the people are, what the people are looking for. And, um, you know, advertising as we know it in terms of buying by CPM and page views is going to change. People argue that those metrics are, um, are uh, irrelevant or useless. But, uh, you know, there's really no replacement metrics yet. Yeah, that'll be very interesting. Okay, now here's my favorite part. We're going to take one more quick break, and I have a couple more things I want to ask you before we run out of time when we get back right after this. Sit tight and don't move. The Hook will be back after this short break. Best of the Web, the Internet's oldest directory, EOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web, finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No kidding. And don't forget the Best of the Web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions, 25% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web marketingexperiments.com Learn how we increase traffic by 446% with our Google AdWords campaign while reducing cost per click by 58% at marketingexperiments.com marketingexperiments.com Log on and register for our interactive SEM certification course today and discover how to build, target, and maximize ad campaigns like an expert through our proven paid search optimization formula marketingexperiments.com For details, see marketingexperiments.com slash PPC Marketing Experiments Discover what really works. Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with Paper Post, the consumer-generated advertising network. Our powerful network of bloggers at Paper Post will creatively expose your product or service through original link-generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through Paper Post. Visit PaperPost.com and join the revolution. Flashback, November 2004. A brand new radio station launched onto the World Wide Web. That station was WebmasterRadio.fm. Today, Webmaster Radio is one of the fastest growing internet media outlets in the world. The world. Webmaster Radio boasts one of the most respected talk radio lineups in the internet business world. Danny Sullivan, Chris Paul, Susan Brett, Jim Hedger, Barry Schwartz, Jeremy Shoemaker, Ryan and Jeffrey Eisenberg, Greg Nyland, Katie Kempner. We travel coast to coast to bring you the most extensive and detailed live coverage of the most high-profile trade shows in the world. Ad tech, search engine strategy, RSA, Webmaster World, DMA, Ecom Expo. And we have brought you keynote speeches and interviews of some of the biggest influential names in business today. Eric Schmidt, Andrew Hayward, Barry Diller, John Patel, Keith Ferraz, and way too many others to mention. Our live programming and on-demand podcasting keeps the B2B world informed. We are WebmasterRadio.fm and we're everywhere. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. 
Now back to The Hook. The intersection of advertising and PR. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hi, welcome back. I'm Katie Kempner, and I am talking to Steve Hall, the man behind AdRance. Welcome back, Steve. Did I just hear a commercial for pay proposed? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I have I nothing not to do with the there. commercials. <laughs> okay. Well, let me ask you something. Who do you view as your competition? Do you think do you uh, have competition? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, any, 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 anyone who is writing about advertising is my competition. Uh, everyone from Ad Age to uh, any advertising weblog out there. I mean, we're all looking for some form of share of voice. We're all looking for someone to identify with what it is we have to say. And so, you know, I don't necessarily differentiate between whether a competitor is a blog or whether it's a newsletter or whether it's advertising age. They're just competitors. I mean, they're just, you know, with its competition also. We're also we're all trying to do the same thing. Well, what do you think is the future for sites like AdRants and 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 your competitors sites like AdAge Online and uh, you know, the future, it's going to change because, I mean, just like everybody else out there, we are ad supported and, you know, it's kind of funny, but, you know, with online advertising, but in a sense, it's very traditional. I mean, it's banner advertising. I mean, yeah, there's affiliate advertising and there's other some, you know, revenue share type stuff going on. But, but um, you know, from the financial side of things, I mean, we have to be paid to do our jobs. But beyond that, how are they going to change? I mean, I, I just hope to roll with the industry. I mean, I hope to change with the industry and to stay in touch with what's going on and to just be able to share that with readers. And what I'm trying to do is not always talk at people, but I want to hear from people as well because I want to know what's going on with uh, the people in every agency out there because they're the ones who are actually doing the work. So if... so if people want to get in touch with you, is the best way just to and sort of develop a, a relationship with you so they, you know, they are a news source for you? Do they email you? Can they call you? How do you like people to, to talk with you? Anything. I mean, you know, anyone can email me. Anyone can call me. Um, I, there are some old school bloggers out there that say, do not send me a press release. I, I, you know, I don't understand that. I mean, press release is full of information. Why would I not want to receive a, a press release? I mean, it's, they're all written in a way that would never get published, but, I mean, they contain, <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's marketing puffery. You know, it's the first best only thing. And, but they contain the necessary information that I can use to go from there. You know, who do I follow up with and, you know, what angle do I take? So I don't necessarily, I, I'm not a stickler as to how people want to contact me because I will do with what I please after I receive that information. I mean, I just want relevant information, you know. I mean, don't send me stuff that has absolutely nothing to do. And this is common sense PR advice. Know the medium you're sending stuff to, you know. I mean, know the readers, know the editorial, know the style, know the writers, and then craft something that's going to be of interest, because if it's not, you know, I only have a couple seconds to determine whether it's something I want to publish or not. Yeah, that's very good advice. And I want to ask you one more piece of advice. I mean, it was interesting to hear you say at the beginning of the show that you started AdRance when you were between jobs. And 
And, uh, you know, it was a gamble, and it really took off, and it turned into this huge thing that's only getting bigger. I predict with AdGabber, it's going to get even way bigger. But what advice do you have for somebody that's not happy with what they're doing or maybe looking to make a career change? Is there anything that sort of helped you? I don't know. Nike said it. Just do it. You know, it, 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 that's what it really comes down to. But saying that and doing it are two totally different things because you get married to your job and, you know, oh, my God, what if I quit my job? I won't have money. I won't be able to pay the bills, pay my mortgage. What's going to happen? And I kind of was like that. The last year of work, I was just slogging through a job that I hated. Um, and, uh, but it's hard to get that kick in the ass, and the kick in the ass was I got laid off. And I said, okay, well, now, now Adrance is two years old, and uh, now um, I'm either going to go back into the industry, I'm going to say, wait a minute, this thing is doing pretty good. Why don't we make a go of it? Why don't I try to make it a business? And that's what I did. But it's hard to just say, oh, I hate my job. I'm just going to leave, um, because it's hard to leave with nothing to go to. But, you know, and, and this is no new advice. People have been saying this stuff for years. I mean, if you want to do something, if you think you'd be good at it, you just got to go do it. Yeah. It's good advice, though. It really is. Yeah, so it's Steve, much easier to my very first guest that I didn't know beforehand, I really enjoyed getting to know you. Thank you. Well, happy to be here. <laughs> well, will you come back again after uh, AdGabber's been around for a while and tell us how it's going? Oh, I'd love to. Great. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye-bye.